Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. So why roots? Why do roots matter? And why do I feel like today is a word I bring to you on roots? Why do you need to be planted in the good soil of what God is doing here? And why and how is it important to end the cycles? We've had these cards. Have you got one of these in your Bible? No, you haven't got one yet. You're allowed to take one away with you. Um, uh, We felt that this is an important phrase, that God is turning the page and he is breaking old cycles. So grab one on your way out. Um, We'd love you to have something that reminds you of what God is doing. The old is gone and the new is here. So God is preparing you personally. He's preparing your roots for all that will take place after this. He's preparing you for his return. He's preparing your inner life for all those who are turning to the Lord Jesus so that you being rooted and grounded in the love of God can withstand the storms, can withstand what God is doing around or what is happening around you so that you being firmly rooted in God can withstand every single attack and adversity. So yeah, this is a year to break cycles. This is a year of freedom. I hear you, but didn't you say that last year? Well, yes, it's still a year of freedom. It's still a year to break cycles. And every single year we get to experience even greater things that God is doing. A verse that God has given me, you'll have heard I've done it for an offering message, was Job 23, 14. What God appoints, he will complete, and many such things are in his mind. So that means that God is thinking about you, that he's got his eye on you, that he thinks good things about you, and the things that he has called you to, he will complete. Anyone finish the year with some things left over, not yet finished? Where's my friends who love a list? Is Caroline here? She's, she's my fellow. Oh, I see her. I see her. My fellow lister. Um, those things that you're yet to see completed. God is doing a new thing. Job 23, 14, jot it down. What he appoints, he will complete. And many such things are in his mind. On that, though, if he hasn't appointed it, it will remain in incomplete. And so it's okay, my list friends, those of you who need everything to be complete until you can step into the new thing, it's okay to ask of the Lord and say, have you appointed this? And know when he says yes and when he says no. So what is in your mind? What has God got his mind on you? What is he ordaining and calling you to? You know, I've just, um, I've just been thinking and wanting to be so real with you. Do you know a conversation someone had with us uh, over Christmas break? Because they said, and this was someone we've been praying for and ministering to, and they said, but has anybody ever gone through something terrible like this? 
And that made me really sad because I thought if all we're doing, if all we're doing is showing up and looking incredible and making all the bad things look lovely and, and just be more sparkly, and you know I love sparkly more than probably anybody else you've ever met, then we're not being authentic. I know why they come down to the floor, Ryan. Yeah, I've got less heels on, so I wasn't afraid of falling off the end this time. <laughs> did you see me one time? I nearly did. And I don't mind that we're at this place. I mind that if you're thinking, they've never gone through anything hard, so what happens when I do? Or the person next to you, and you think, see, look at them with their all-together life, their all-together hair, they're all-together, whatever stands out to you as being all done. And you're looking great, by the way, church, at Revival Fires. Every week you keep pressing in to the promises that God has for you. Every week you press in in worship and you allow the Holy Spirit to take you to those places as we receive those prophetic words. But what I want to encourage you to is to acknowledge the places in you that you want God to work his best miracles in, where he can really, truly go to the root of your life, those places that might have been growing in the dark. And you heard me a few weeks ago, it was last year actually, talking around the mushroom, the thing that grows in the cave. You know, when we're taken into dark places, it's in the dark that the seed begins to sprout. It's in the dark that the roots can go deeper. And I'm going to tell you about some root systems. I'm going to tell you about root that determines fruit. I'm going to talk even more about deep roots or desert roots. I'm even going to throw in some bitter roots, but I've chosen to go like a little bit further on before the ministry because I didn't want to hit you with it immediately. But just be ready as we take this journey into what God is doing in our lives. And I just want to thank you for opening your heart, first and foremost to God, and then secondly to me, to allow God to take all of us into that place where we can review the roots in our life. So how are your roots? Are they deep? Are they short? Are they tangled a bit? Are they a bit tricky sometimes when you think about it? Or are you free? You know, I already said about us being strong to stand, rooted and grounded in the love of God. Our root health matters. The things, Anna, what do you mean by roots? Well, do you know, this is what I mean. The responses that we have to other people, any areas of forgiveness or unforgiveness, how well we're doing with one another, how well we're doing when the front door's closed or the car door's closed or you're listening in the quiet to the thoughts of your life. When we are healthy in our hearts, we can have spiritual freedom. That's why the soil matters. That's why it matters to pluck out the stones, sometimes the boulders, sometimes the walls, like we had the prophetic message this morning. We've heard a few weeks ago about having a heart of flesh instead of a stone. Friends, when I was reading about seeds, there was this phrase that said, have you planted a seed or have you planted a stone? You'll know because stones don't grow. 
So are you waiting on the fruit of something that's actually a stone? If you're waiting on the fruit of a seed, it will come. What does it say? It will not delay. It will come. And there's so, there's so much I want to say. I'm going to not run ahead of myself because that's for later on. Right, to get to it. So thought seeds. That's what I want to talk about. And I wanted, that's where I came down, to be honest with you. Thought seeds. How do you wake up in the morning? Do you wake up in the joy of Lamentations 3.23? That his most... Why are you laughing? Do you? Do you? Because you are like me, I guess. That's it. Do you wake up in the joy of Lamentations 3.23 that his mercies are new every morning? Or do you wake up with the long shadow cast from yesterday, yesteryear, yesterdecade that's leaning into your thoughts of the day? That was a conversation I had with Ryan. He's like, why have you woken up like this? I said, oh, I don't know. I'd had a dream. Of... He's like, you've dreamt this. I was like, yeah. He's like, you, you can get a hold of yourself. Okay, okay, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, come and strengthen my mind so that my dream life, and I'm not that big a dreamer, but I can have a few, so that my dream life is in accordance with the scripture, with the will of God. What else can we do? We can stop thinking about our past. We can stop letting the dark shadow cast a shadow onto the new day that is full of the new mercies of God. How does that happen? We can wake up, we have a coffee, we can think or read or check or scroll or whatever, however your day starts, I don't know. Uh, I know my, my best days start in silence and with coffee. And so that's when I've got my, my great beginning. Whatever you need to start your great day, get it, because everybody's depending on that. Everyone needs you to start within the new mercies that God has for you, his, his loving kindness, so that you can begin your day with joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. This isn't right in my notes yet, but never mind. I'll shoot to it. Don't worry, I can speed up. Um, I can go on. Do you know when you listen to podcasts on 1.5 because you want to get to it, but you've only got 15 minutes? I can do that too. <laughs> okay, I won't. All right, I won't. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you know this joy that the speaking in uh, Nehemiah 8, I want to say? Nehemiah 8. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's not just laughing. Although laughing's good because it's healing to the bones, it's medicine to the soul, Proverbs. The joy of the Lord to your strength is joy at a cellular level that transforms your body from the inside out as you think and meditate upon the joyful things that God has done for you. Think a joyful thought right now. Think of something that brought you joy this day. Thought of something that brought you joy last week. Give me a thumbs up if you're feeling joy right now. Oh, look at that. A lot of you did. Not 100%, but a lot of you did. Could you implement that into your day? Could that be a take home that you do? You can close your eyes and think of the joy moments that God has given to you so that you can step into joy. Some of you are giggling. I'm happy about these joy moments that God is bringing. So joy can transform us inside out. We need transformation. Our bones need to be restored. When Ryan said our friends who we're standing with in prayer, I know there's some of you 
Thank you for watching us online. Uh, they have to watch online because they are unable to leave their homes because they're sick. And church, the ones in the room, we love you dearly. Church online, we also love you dearly and are standing with you knowing that what God has promised, he will do. And you are in his mind too. So are you having a brand new day each and every day because your roots are strong in the Lord? Or are you living the same old day over and over and over again? Today is a day. Later we'll take communion together and I believe that the Lord is breaking old cycles. You'll hear it said, but you do not need to live yesterday again. You've got a new day ahead of you. You've got a Lamentations 3.23 morning every single morning. I think you're going to remember that verse. I'll say it a few more times. The root of our life, where we are rooted, determines the fruit. You probably guessed I was going to this scripture. You know how much I love it. John 15. I'm going to talk to you through this scripture. And when we're reading it, we're, talk- we're seeing Jesus and we're seeing him in relationship to our Father. And we'll see where we fit within the abiding place of God. While I'm reading this, I don't want you to think, oh, that's why I've been cut down. Oh, that's why, that's why, that's why. Just let these words go and then we'll... Then we'll have a think time, okay? I sound like my little uh, niece, one of them ran up to me. I'll be back in two minutes. So she ran off to kids' church. Okay? Okay. She's not appeared yet. So, John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear even more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Here I'm using, obviously because the Bible says it, the word abide. To me this also looks like being grafted in. It looks like us growing our roots deep within the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make sense for you too? I am the vine, this is Jesus. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and in him, he is it that bears much fruit. For apart from me, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown in the fire and burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish. Ask in accordance to the will of the Father. Why? Because if you pray a prayer in accordance to the will of the Father, Jesus is interceding on our behalf at the right hand of the Father, and it will be done. Oh, I just added that bit. By this, my Father is glorified so that you may bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father's loved me, so I've loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be 
full. Let's abide in the vine. Let's allow the Lord to go and work on the roots as he also works on the branches, whether we're in fruit-bearing season or whether we're not bearing fruit. Jesus is going to take away or prune every part of us. So we get the choice whether we want to partner with him or not partner with him. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Do we want to abide? Who doing a flow chart? Do I want to abide in Christ? Yes. Shall I let him prune me? Also, yes. Now, pruning can be painful. I'm going to tell you about a story about a tree, and you'll hear how it's so much like our lives. And then I'm going to get Karen and Pauline to come and share. They had some words this morning, and I just want them to share those. So there's a tree at this place we go to quite frequently. And it was beautiful. It had, I don't know, I think it was a plum or an, like an apricot fruit. And it was amazing. One, the first year, it fruited and it was incredible. Like jam for days, if you make jam. Or eating, it was amazing. Dropping loads of stones, you know, when there's too much on a tree, it gets heavy, bare, heavy laden. And one of the branches snapped off. So that was an, a snap. No one got to it. And we saw it again, and what must have happened is someone had seen that that part had snapped, so they took to it a saw or a chainsaw and just started cutting, 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 cutting. And it was a stump by the end of it. I did a little bit of research because I felt a little bit sad for that tree. Oh, you don't know things about me like this. Um, I'm really into, like, conservation in the trees. Last time I told you about my star, the constellations, and how I love looking at the stars because it reminds me of God. Anyway, I really like seeing trees protected if they're meant to be protected. So for me, I'd seen this and I thought, oh, what's going on here? What has happened? And so I Googled it and I read all about it and I pretty much feel like that tree that was cut down to a stump had no hope. Why? It had been cut too deep that that season's growth was in shock. It had been cut so deep that a trauma had been caused that it would not be able to shoot in that season. It would need time to come again. The reason, probably, for the tree that had been, for it not to bear fruit again because no shoots were coming up over these couple of seasons now, was that there would have been a hard frost, a hard situation. Yes, I'm talking about a tree, but sometimes our lives are so much like this, where we could have been cut too deep, too much of a no, too harsh a word of criticism, a trauma or a shock or a way that we have been treated that can affect the roots of our life. And instead of being like a well-watered garden, instead of being someone who's very, very fruitful, or like it says in Jeremiah 17, like a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the river, by the water, sending out roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. Instead, sometimes we've become anxious and ceased to bear fruit. That's not in the Bible. I've twisted it around so you understand. Karen, Pauline, come and share these words around the stump and the branch. 
word that came was um, in Job 14, verse 7. At least there is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again, and its new shoots will not fail. During worship, I saw lots of little streams underground and shoots from a stump that had been cut down, reaching out to these underground streams. And I just felt the Lord saying, you know, that the the stump might die off. It might look like the roots have died off, but they will shoot again. And and as it dies, let all your hurt, your woundedness, your shame die with it. Let those new shoots take over and let the deep call to deep and live again. The Lord is saying that he wants you to be amazed at his love for you. Let it die off and let those new roots grow into his love that you will bird blossom and bear great fruits that will not fail. So just, I'm sorry, so during this week, um, in my quiet times, I've been looking at roots. God really put this about being rooted and established in him. And this morning, I saw this stump, and it was just a tree, and it just looked like there was no life in it whatsoever. But then when I looked again, there was this just a small shoot. And I just felt God was saying that for each one of us, even though things might look dead, even though things might look hopeless, that there is life and he is breathing life into each one of us. There is place for growth. And as, we are, as long as we are willing to work with him and to cooperate with him, and it does take something from us for that to happen. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. That is good. So we've got the branches and the stump. It will shoot again. What's being cut off? What's being cut too deep? What thoughts have you got on repeat? What is it that you're asking the Lord to do? That you're partnering with his will first and foremost. I want to talk to you about having short roots or long roots. Both are good. Both are good. One's better. Short roots get quickly to droplets of water. Sorry, short roots mean that they can receive droplets of water quickly. Think with me like a desert. Maybe you've been, maybe you've seen a picture of a desert. So there is a massive surface area on these short root desert plants. Sorry, I don't have the Latin name. We'll just have to go with this. These roots are tiny weeny so that as soon as a tiny drop of morning dew water hits that plant, that is enough, sustained enough for the day. However, when there are deep roots that go long, long down, meters, 150 meters, longer, 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 into the ground, just like Karen and Pauline had said, Are you willing to go to the deep places? Are you willing to search for the source at the scent of water? That's when the sprout comes. So yes, having a short root is good. You can sustain yourself for a short time. But to let your roots go deep into the love of God, to let the things that have been Growing around your roots, root rot, I won't go there, but you can imagine what happens with that. You end up in rot. Things that are coming to tangle or to put you off or growing into your space, 
at the scent of water. It will bloom again. I believe that there are ones and twos of you here who have those short roots. And you need to have short roots because you're waiting just for one touch, Lord. That's all I need, one touch. And there are also others who are saying, Lord, let my roots go so deep. Because other people are leaning on you. People are coming to the rooting and the grounding that you have in this season. They're coming to experience the presence of what God is doing in your life and your lives. And I encourage you to grow deeper roots. Yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes setting aside time in the Word. There's a verse, uh, 2 Chronicles 29. And for me, that sounds like developing a root of the Word, ministering unto the Lord. Don't become negligent of your ministry to the Lord, which is your devotional time, which is your time of speaking in heavenly language, which is your time of reading the Word over and over and over again. What was it we were encouraged to do? Read Colossians. Someone asked me where I'd got to. Where's my friend Shah? She said, where have you got up to? Uh, And I said, well, verse 10. She's like, oh, that's good, because I'm only like a little bit longer. I was like, I was trying to read it. It's only three chapters. But I landed in one Corinthians. No, I didn't. I landed in Colossians 1. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Landed in verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing. Didn't even get to the bit increasing in the knowledge. Bearing every good fruit. That's what it looks like to develop our roots. Don't let people be telling you that spending time with the Lord or praying or reading your Bible is religious. It's a spiritual activation. We come alive. Guys, you'll know me if I haven't had my time in the Lord's presence. You'll notice, do you love it? You'll notice my responses are very Anna instead of from what God is saying. If we're a prophetic people, It's not just on Sunday we show up with a word. I'm asking the Lord for a word before I make phone calls, before I step into meetings. And what word was God saying? Reveal the stump. How often have we thought to ourselves, I'm stumped. Or if you're out in, especially on our road in Dudley, um, they try and make fixes to it. But these trees are so deep that their roots have started to come through the pavement. If you've got a road like that, you've seen those. And they're kind of lumpy. You can see what's going on underneath. Their roots are so, so strong. The tops of the trees probably need some pruning again. But they have developed deep roots. Friends, can I encourage you to continue to develop your deep roots? Why? So that you can flourish where you're planted. Not a slogan on a t-shirt. That's Psalm 92. Flourish where you're planted. And like it says in Jeremiah 17, we can then, in God, withstand drought. That tiny droplet of morning dew, it's enough. It's enough. But Jesus is the source. We were invited this morning to fix our eyes on Jesus. You'll have heard another story I've spoken about, the cross being at the top. Is it really? Is the Lord the front and center of your life? So that there's nothing else, 
Nothing else can take that place. No one else can take that space. Jesus being the source where we fix our eyes on Jesus. Otherwise, we get short-rooted, which looks like a bit snappy, a bit anxious, a bit worried, a bit whatever it looks like in you, impatient. And you catch yourself. Allow yourself to catch yourself before someone else does. It's always easier that way. I don't want this word to be hard to you. I want this to be a gentle word because God's asking us all to go deep together. And that means that, well, we're growing even deeper roots so that we're growing even more to look and act like Jesus. And it's not about perfection. It's not even about good enough. It's about knowing that Jesus is enough. You know, in Colossians 2.7, I did skip ahead. I prepared this before we were told about uh, just reading here. In Colossians 2.7, it says, Have the roots of your being firmly, deeply planted in him, fixed and founded, being continually built up in Jesus, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding and overflowing in thanksgiving. This is the message of the cross. It's not an ornament or a display, although I love the ones of you who've got the necklaces and we have the cross as a central visual point, knowing that this is Jesus. Yet sometimes, church, I have noticed I and we have tried to make ourselves right. We've tried to do the very work that Jesus and no one else could ever do. Colossians 1, it's 120, it says, And God purposed that through all, by the intervention of Jesus alone, all things be completely reconciled back to himself, whether it's on earth or in heaven. The Father made peace by means of the blood of the Jesus shed blood on the cross. Although you at one time were estranged or alienated from him, you might even have had a hostile attitude in your mind. Yet now Christ, the Messiah, reconciled you to God in the body of his flesh through death in order to present you holy and faultless and irreproachable in his Father's presence. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do anything except believe and accept that Jesus has done it. Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father on your behalf. Say on my behalf. Say it again because I'm not sure you believe it. On my behalf. That means that every time you bring back to memory the sin you committed the sin someone else committed, the unforgiveness you're harboring, the unforgiveness someone else is harboring. Oh my goodness, all those things. Let's leave them there. I'm done with talking on them. Every time you bring those to your mind, you are making a mess. Let's just leave it there. A theological mess. Why? Because Jesus has presented you holy, faultless, irreproachable in the Father's presence. There's no other place to go. 
So, for me, every time, I've got a journal entry I was going to read to you. Every time we go back there, we put on our old self. What does Gary always say? It's like carrying a dead corpse around with us. I'm not meaning to be offensive, but he found it in the scripture. Every time we go back there, we need the blood of Jesus. You can tell I'm setting us up for communion shortly. Let me just continue to tell you about how good he is and why it's so important that our roots go so deep. Friends, some of you are thinking, I came to church for this. I don't know if I'm ready for it. Stick with me. Stick with me. Some of you are sat here thinking, oh God, do you have to? Let voice of the Father tend to your roots. He's got a good hope and a good future for you, okay? Sit with the uncomfortability. I can sense it. I can see some of your eyes. <laughs> I can see. I can see. But Father sees clearly. And he's got his eye on you. In Hebrews 12, it talks about bitter roots. And I was trying to find a really good explanation. And I felt like Jesus said, could you share one of yours? Of course I said yes. This is something I wrote. My behavior patterns must change. The lies I believe must cease. The thought cycle must become peace. Ungodly soul ties and repetition. The change of myself to become who someone else wants me to be. Unraveling, unbecoming. I give up on her. I free myself into Jesus' name, who I've been. Obviously, I write typos in my own personal journals. Well, anyway, there's one here. Into who God's created me to be. That works. Abandon to the call of God. Abandoning fear, shame, control, deceit, criticism, delay. I surrender with an open hand all God has planted within me. For seeds to develop roots long enough to be established. Long enough to deepen. Long enough to grow to maturity. I want to be spiritually, emotionally, relationally, physically mature. I want to take responsibility for my growth and take authority over stunted parts. With Jesus, I want to walk and talk the paths where seeds were choked or strangled, hard heart places and unhealthy soil and rocky moments. I reject lies of the devil I've believed and I attend to the call of God. To nurture those around me means I first must be nurtured. A tree that's planted by the water, would you take great care of me? I wrote that in January 21. No, 22. We're 23 now. I wrote that in January 22. I found it randomly when I was on a coffee date with my sister and I read through it and I'd written what was going on and I scrolled. She must have known that I changed my thought. I was like, wow, that's still so real. It's still raw. But I know the very thing that I was asking God to do, he went to the root. If it hadn't have been that I write what I was thinking and feeling before I write my prayer to the Lord, I wouldn't have known. And I caught my eye and I thought, you did it, God. Let him go to the root. Let yourself unravel in his presence. Let yourself attend to the call of God. Hebrews 12 talks of the bitter root. Could you see what would have happened if I hadn't have dealt with that? 
you'd have all been like, oh, I came away from an encounter with Anna and I feel a bit weird. Well, yeah, you would if I hadn't have let God go there. I don't mind you laughing with me. I think you know that I can only share that because of healing. It's true. Could I have shared that? Which day did I say? January 22. I couldn't have shared you that in February 22. I'd have been bawling or something. It it still caught me a little bit. Sorry for my typos in my diary aren't perfect. Something else coming up. So when we look at the bitter roots, a bitter root of judgment can grow and grow and grow and grow. You've known it. You can judge something in someone and then you realize, oh, I'm that someone. All of, it happens very quick. Well, there's something about the speed of the seed, but sowing judgments, you can return, return on that very quickly. Bitter roots are disappointments. They're expectations. It doesn't even have to involve anybody else. It can just be your thoughts about you. But God, Hebrews 12, I don't know if I've got a ticket in there. Hebrews, James, that's where I've got to find. I've got Hebrews 12, but I can't see which verse it is. Never mind, I've got it here. Look after one another so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous, bitter root grows up to trouble you and corrupts many. A root is the part of the plant which is attached to the ground, underground, carrying water and nourishment to the rest of the plant. It's important that where we're rooted is good. It's important that we allow God to go to these bitter places. If something's bitter, it tastes sharp or sour, depends what your taste buds taste. If something smells bitter... It's not sweet. If someone's described as bitter, I've got this off the internet because I didn't want anyone to feel like I was choosing people, that it could look like anger or hurt or resentfulness. I'm not actually judging anyone, by the way. I just didn't want you to think, is she talking about me? No, 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 no. Uh, Bitterness is described as being angry or hurt or resentful. A bitter root judgment is anger and resentment that's typically underground, nourishing, not a great word for this, a resentment against somebody. Have you noticed someone or something's bothering you and bothering you again and then you realise loads of people are doing it and it's all bothering you and you're really bothered? (laughs) Well, that's an opportunity today for you to allow Holy Spirit to come and tend to the roots Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And watch out that no bitter root grows up within you. It's a personal watching. Personally track what your journal entries, whether you do it on your phone or on your paper, however you're tracking. Flick through the last week or 10 days, 15 days in this new year. Track through what God is saying to you so that you can nourish those places. Instead of letting anger turn into resentment and growing a root that's spiraling out of control, take action over those things. Bring them to the foot of the cross. 
So God wants your roots not to be on show, but he doesn't want you to feel like you're stuffing and avoiding situations and pulling up all your defense mechanisms and masks. No, the real you is wonderful. And you still accepted me when I showed you the bare places in me, when I showed you the places that God was working on. Allowing ourselves, whether they're good, fruitful, fruitful branches or branches that need to get cut down, allowing the master gardener, Father God himself, to take those branches that need to be taken. You can still see a stump, can't you, if a tree is being cut down? And so too can others. But yet I believe that there is a process that God is doing. Could God have said it up better that the words that were brought from Karen and Pauline is actually bringing a word of freedom to all of us now? One of my friends messaged me and said, God is giving a word for 23. God's bringing freedom in three ways. He's restoring, he's renewing, and he's replacing. To me, this looks like a strengthening of the root of faith. I've read to you already Colossians 1.10, walking in a manner that's worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing. Now let me tell you one thing that will destroy the root of faith. It's fear. Only good fear is the fear of the Lord. Any other fear is not good fear to have. What are you afraid of? Where have you got faith So how you see yourself matters. Maybe it's how successful you are, how you look. Maybe it's anything in between. Whatever really matters to you, if that gets challenged, there's a route to look into. Because how you see yourself really matters. Your thought life about yourself really matters. You can have 60,000 to 80,000 thousand thoughts per day his mercies are new every morning get the new ones get the good new thoughts that's like an awful lot of thoughts a day if they're not thinking about the goodness of God about you being rooted and grounded in the love of God I've said that scripture so much Ephesians three seventeen. go there these this way of living destroys the root of fear how you see yourself matters you cannot do the second commandment which is to love your neighbor as yourself in the new testament you cannot do that unless you have eyes the eyes of love of god upon you and so then you can love yourself and love others church you are a church who loves people you are a church who cares for people you are a church who praise for the sick. You're a church who's about to enter into a three-day fast for freedom. You are a church who's rooted and grounded in the love of God. Let me add this to you. It's a spiritual prayer for strength. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That means you. You're named right here. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power 
through your spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, surpassing knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That Christ may dwell in your hearts, that you may be rooted and grounded and filled with fullness. Fullness of God, absence of fear. Root of faith destroys the root of fear. Friends, you're rooted and built up, established in faith. You have got deep roots in the Lord. How do you know? I only got saved last week. You've chosen to be rooted into the Lord. How do you know I got saved 50 years ago? You also made that choice to be rooted and grounded in the Lord so that you can be established in faith. Friends, I love telling you how good you look. I love noticing what you do well. And I've got some really good ones and twos of you out there who also do the same. But you know what God is asking of us in this season where we break old patterns? To be pulling out and encouraging one another in their spiritual giftings. To be noticing that was a wise choice you made, even better than the style of their shoes. That was where you were ministering in peace. You had gentleness. You were loving. You were kind. You were gracious. You were patient. You had self-control when you really wanted to leak. All of these things. I want us to be a church who admonishes one another. What does that mean? It's a good word for this week. It means to have wise and friendly counsel. So you can encourage one another, admonish one another, as Paul says. Oh, wouldn't you have loved to have been some of those upper room meetings where he got to speak? We've got a, a, good, a, good, uh, a good portion of the Bible written by Paul so that we can learn what it is to lift up each other in the most holy faith. I think they also said to greet each other with a holy kiss as well, didn't they? Anyway, that's a side point. So what spiritual gift is being activated in you? What can you notice about somebody else? When you're in the bathrooms, when you're in coffee shop, wherever you are, you practice it here, it will overspill into other spheres of your life. The root. What roots have you been holding on to? What notes have you been writing about yourself? What thoughts have you been thinking over and over and over that it's time to nail to the cross? In Revelation 5.5, it says, The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root, the source, has won. He's overcome, he's conquered, and he's worthy to open the scroll. I told you before, the cross is not an ornament or a display. The cross is the foundation of our faith. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is transformation to our lives. Not just so that we can be better at our job or better, better, better. It's so that we can be made pure from the inside out. So that the Lord can go to the deep roots in us. That he can strengthen us. He can ground us. He can establish us. And he wants to do that to you. Your heart matters. 
In 1 Corinthians 11, I'm going to read some scripture as we prepare for communion. And it's not that I've done a whole message on roots and now I'm doing communion. It's I've done a message on your roots so that you can receive communion. You can take part in the communion with Jesus and he can really go to these places in your life so that you can be even more fruitful. You can grow even more in the strength of the Lord. You can be rooted and grounded in his love. 1 Corinthians 11 says, it's about the Lord's Supper. I know usually we read it from the Gospels, but this is just reading it in a new way. Verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he, when he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. In remembrance of me, for as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This teaching in Corinthians was about divisions. I don't sense those divisions in the church, but I sense there might be divided places in your heart. I sense there might be things that you've become divided in and you want to have a whole heart towards the Lord so that you have the wholeness rather than any smaller half fraction pieces. That night when Jesus was betrayed, he knew what was going to happen. He knew who was going to betray him. He'd gone to the Father and said, if not my will, not my will but yours. And he had chosen to go to the cross. He'd chosen to go and have the Last Supper with his disciples, knowing one of those disciples was selling him for a couple of coins so that the plan of God for our redemption could happen. Friends, the message of the cross is so important and you have to, whatever my words are going to do, it's going to be Jesus' great love which transforms you. You know, Jesus, he cried out to his father, is there any other way for these people to be free? And father had chosen that for your forgiveness, for you to be grafted in, for you to have good, deep roots, to be what we call it now, emotionally, spiritually healthy, for you to know who you are and love who you are in God, Jesus had to go to the cross for your freedom, for your healing, for your victory once and for all. I'm so passionate about the Lord Jesus. This message transformed my life. This message, he could, Jesus could have changed his mind. It's not worth thinking about the alternative. Jesus said to his father, is this really your will? Because if it is, I'll do it. Can we be like Jesus when we ask those things of him? Is this your will, Lord? Because if it's yes, I'll do it. You've seen one of my yeses or many of them today. 
Would you read that? Would you do that? Would you reach out? Would you, would you, would you? By being rooted and grounded in the love of God, we get to change the course of history for somebody else. It might look like loads of people. It might look like ones. Whoever Jesus has put you in front of, that is your opportunity. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, we often can have the opportunity to betray Christ by harboring anxiety, resentment, bitter roots, judgments, fear, and having short roots. But like Jesus, when he cried out, we too can cry out today. And as we take the cup, as we break the bread, symbolic of the Lord Jesus' death and resurrection and his return, let's not forget... There is no self-help book, and you know I love reading them. There's no other way except through the Lord Jesus Christ. So what God has set you free from, you need to practice freedom. Oh, but I can't do that in my strength. No one asked you to. Don't. Actually, don't do stuff in your own strength. Is that freeing? Do it in the strength that God is giving you as you grow your deep roots. Something stood out to me, and I wasn't sure to read it, but I know you're all ready for communion, but I'm going to have to. In Colossians 2.14, it says, having cancelled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note. This is the note you've been writing about yourself. The old cycle, the thing that you've gone over and over and over and over and over on, the thing that you cannot let go of, Jesus cancelled out and blotted and wiped away the handwriting of the note or the bond with all of its legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against you. This note, what you'd written, what others have written against you, Jesus sets aside. He clears it completely out of the way. He nailed it to the cross God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us, making a very bold and public example of them, triumphing over them and in it, the cross. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.